0: We are starting from the very bottom of Kufyudimu Amid Beis. We're talking about court cases, the way a person can help somebody else, overlapping with and Three lines up in the bottom. Three lines up. Three lines up. Rava, some say they announced. What did they say? Those who go up and those who go down. So those who go up means people who are great from Babel to Ar-tisrael. Those who go down means people who go from Artesral to Babel. They have to know the following I mean, wherever you're from, you got to know this. A Jew could ask Edus that he could help out a Kusi, a non-Jew, but he wasn't asked to testify. So he's under no pressure, no inner pressure, but he happens to know the testimony as a single witness, and that's the key, as a single witness, and he could help out. And he goes and testifies to help out the non-Jew in a non-Jewish court, and he ends up hurting another Jew because of that. So basically, here's what's going on. What's going on is... In Jewish court, the halacha is that one aid cannot be motzi But oftentimes in secular court, that law is not necessarily regarded as true. So therefore, this Jew, under no pressure of his own, goes to the secular court and helps testify against the yid. So what's happening by doing that is actually hurting someone when it's not I'll be the the way the Torah would say it because the way the Torah would dictate a single witness wouldn't be able to do anything. So if someone who does that in his own volition, we excommunicate him. My time. what's the reason? These kusin, they take away money. Based upon the witness of or testimony of just. One witness as the this is the only true if he 's the only one who that's viable betray, but not where there's two witnesses, because then it's not really different than in Jewish Allah and Jewish Allah also when there's two witnesses that can work even if there's only one witness, we only say this applies to a court that's in the village because they don't really know the laws well so it 's a small little thing it's an official government court, you know, official place. So then they do, just like in Jewish halacha, they only rely for one witness for what? To make an oath, not to extract money. So basically what we're saying it's fascinating. Even the courts that do it, like the kusi courts, that will be motivated, they're just the unlearned ones, you know, the guys who didn't finish law school and somehow got jobs. That's the, those, are, those, are, those are the guys who will make this and that's where the mistakes can be made. But any good official court, is not an issue because they won't do that be says, mm-hmm. When I was by the yeshiva, learned, and we had the following question. Let's say, you have a very chashua person, distinguished person, and the government would rely on him as if he was two. You know, he's very strong. Do we say that they will certainly take out money from his word alone for the value And therefore, he shouldn't testify in front of them. In other words, in this regard, even though it's an official Kusi court that knows you need two witnesses, but if they would look at an adam as the most causal person, right? That's one of the most interesting things about Jewish law. You could have Moshe Rabbeinu come in and testify, but if he's one, it's not gonna make a difference. It's a din, I made him. But it seems that in secular courts, even when they would require two, they're only doing it, you know, because of the uh, of the credibility. But if I'd have a scenario where they had the most distinguished person, then they might look at him and say one is enough. So then if you're Adam Khashuv, so now they have to know. So maybe, even if it's an official court, maybe I can't go to the guardian because maybe they will trust me like you and there'll be multi Maman and then that's not in accordance with Halach. Therefore, better not to testify. Odomo kibint al-bukashu a distinguished person, the opposite. It's not a smart idea for a distinguished person to elude the, the, the non-Jewish court. Uh al and therefore he could set up. It's considered that he's under pressure. So take it, we let the question on resolve. So, to summarize, you shouldn't go and testify in a secular court when, we, when it will be... Um, uh, be done differently than Jewish court. So classic is where it's some village court they don't know anything you're a single witness you shouldn't do that. If you're two it's not so bad. In an official court where one won't can't be moti then not, not so bad. The Gemara wants to know what's with an official court. Says the Gemara another case Let's say a Jew sells uh, he sells a kaka that he owns that's bordering another Jew he sells it to a guy. So he's selling his land, he's selling it to a guy, and he's basically making this guy the neighbor of another Jew who used to be his neighbor. Mishamtin and Levi excommunicating for bringing in the guy next to the other Jew. My time, what's the reason? Maybe you're going to tell me it's the din here from Bar Metzor. So what does that mean is the din from Bar Metzor? So it's very interesting. But when land's put up for sale, the owner who's right, the, the owner of the property right next to it has first dibs on buying it. I can't say no, I want to sell it to somebody else. He has first dibs, and that comes from Asisa Yashvah Tov. You, to you have to do what's good, even if it's beyond the letter of the law. If you're not going to suffer a significant loss, you're gonna, he's going to pay you. It's not like you have to give it to him as a handout. Asisa Yashvah Tov, you, you have the right to do it. He certainly would benefit by having the field adjacent to his field. And therefore, as long as he, has the, as he could raise the money to buy it, you have to give him the first... Um, the first dips. That's the halacha bar mitzvah. So maybe you're going to say here, that's what's going on. It's like bar mitzvah. How are you selling to the guy as opposed to selling to the Yid who's adjacent? Someone who buys from a guy or sells to a guy. There is no din of bar mitzvah. When you buy guy, land from a guy, so the din of bar mitzvah, is not, it doesn't apply, because the whole thing is to, is, is to protect the interests of the neighbor, right? That's the whole, the whole idea. So the buyer can claim that I did whatever, I already protected you by removing the guy from your neighboring property. Meaning like, if I took away your guy as your neighbor, don't come after me and say, Shrach, 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 you should have let me buy the property. I did enough for good for you. It's a fascinating thing. If I'm removing another Jew as your neighbor. So you could say, I would have wanted that property. But if I was removing a guy, you can't tie it to me. Why did I buy it and not let you buy it? Because uh, the Zizavayesh Rato doesn't apply over there. You should be grateful enough that I got a guy uh, away from you. And if you're selling, and it's the guy who's the buyer, there's no din. Why? Why don't you sell to the not to the guy? Because fascinatingly enough, it's really a din on the buyer. It's never the seller who's considered to be harming the neighbor. It's the buyer who bought instead of letting the other neighbor who was already there buy first. So there's no din of bainets when I sell to a guy because the guy doesn't have he doesn't have that din. So therefore, in this case, I'm selling to a guy. What do you mean? I we ask communicate him for 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 not offering it to the Jewish. Neighbor first, there's no dinner of a when you sell to a guy. So the Gemara says, You brought a lion right to my border. So meaning, he's basically subjecting him to future harm. It has nothing to do with the law of bar that I should have first dibs on the land. You're right. But I'm just upset with the fact that you brought a lion as a neighbor to me. So therefore, that itself is a reason for excommunication. So therefore, the excommunication exists. Until the seller accepts upon himself that any onus, any harm that might come because the Gai'ish neighbor is living there now, he will, uh, he will have to pay for it. So if he accepts that, then we'll lift the, we'll lift the ban of excommunication. So it comes down to the maskana, very bad to sell your property to a guy and harm your Jewish neighbor who's already there. But it's nothing to do with the halacha of our of offering the land to a Jew, to a neighbor first. Nothing to do with that. It's a new halacha, don't bring lions next to your neighbor's property and we'll put the person in, in, in the cherim until he accepts to pay for any possible liability for that. All right, the Mishnah continues, all halachos here of theft. Let's say the customs collector, they took away his donkey, but then they give him another cheaper donkey. So in other words, they maybe out of compassion, but whatever it is, they, they give him an inferior one. And obviously what's going on is that that used to be somebody else's donkey. So they took away my donkey, they gave me an inferior donkey in his place. And now I realize, hey, I have somebody else's donkey in my possession. Or let's say bandits come and they rip off, you know, your garment, but they give you another one. So you're allowed to keep them. Interesting. You don't have to be concerned that I'm using something which is not mine. It's assumed that the owner already was miyash, that there was despair. And uh, remember, what's the halacha? Even if Yish alone is not kona, Yish and Shiner is just a couple together is kona. So that's what this is. It's Yish and Shiner Shustik. A matzah and a in a case where someone rescues something from the river. I'm going guys are from the troops or attacking troops. I'm gonna listen from bandits. So here you're basically you're, you're rescuing something from a scenario where the b'ythem probably wouldn't have gotten it back. So imnis ashu b'ythem if it's known the owner despaired are elushalo then you're allowed to keep it. Because if we know the owner was saying, oh, you know, I lost my thing. So then we'll, uh, so again, so we'll be more comfortable saying it's Yish and shirish. Here it sounds like we have to know more about the Yish. Rashi alludes to that. We'll see some more circumstances in the Gemara to figure out, like, could I, this is going to be the big sugya. Can I assume there was Yish? Do I have to hear there was Yish? How do these things work? In scenarios where a victim loses his thing, do I have to, like, actually know was and or Is there an assumption that there was Yish? So on and so forth. We'll see. The same halacha applies, if you find a swarm of bees. So in that scenario, we'll have to see why we're adding this. So we say the same thing. We you, if we know that the owner has already given up hope in getting back his bees and now it's coming to me, then I'm allowed to keep it. In general, a woman or a minor is believed to say that the swarm came out from here. So in other words, generally a woman, miners disqualified from giving idus, but if they testify where the bees come from and they identify the owner, they are nemon, and then whoever finds them have to return them. So why are you believing one? Why are you believing this one? Uh, the idus of the woman or the, the minor? miner normally you don't believe them. So the gemara will address that. Another Nahilo, A person is allowed to walk into his friend's field to save his swarm of bees, and you know, as you have a to do that, to walk there, even though it's not your property. But if your bees go there, you're allowed to go get them. But if you damage the field by going there, obviously you're still liable. You cannot cut off a branch of his friend's tree with intent to pay. So, meaning the scenario is that your bees go onto your friend's branch, and therefore if you fear if you try to take them one by one, you're going to lose the others. So what would be much better would be to cut off the whole branch and take the whole swarm of bees back to your property. But the Mishnah is saying it's still forbidden to do that, even if you're doing it with intent to pay back. Because like that's actively doing a of maizah to your friend's thing, even though you're trying to save your, your swarm of bees, that is, not, that is not allowed. However, not everyone agrees. No, totally permitted. You can cut off the branch from the friend's tree where your bees are if you're going to pay them, and then you will pay them later. All right. So first, the Gemara quotes a price that contradicts what we said. We said when the Cosmos Collector give you a after seizing your donkey, they give you another donkey. So Amishah said you could keep it. Why? Because there was Yish and now there's Shina Rishos. So Tana, uh, the price, says different. If you took a donkey from the Cosmos Collector here, he has to return it. What's the shock? That Tana holds that Yish is not and it came to his hands illegally. Rashi explains it means a lot more than Yish is not Kona. It means even Yish and Shina Rishos. And this Tana holds of something that so far in our travels in Babu Kama, we've never Held had seen someone go so far because here again there was Yish, and in addition, there's the Shina Rishos. And when the Gemara is still saying that this Tana, not like our Mishnah, but this Tana holds that that cannot become Kona to the person. Therefore, then now that's probably why the Kamar provides a different explanation from the return It doesn't mean you have to return it. Of course, if you get the donkey, you're fine. But if you wanted to return it, you should return it to the original owner. what does that mean? Really, however, if you don't feel comfortable, right? Sometimes people just don't care comfortable when they know it was somebody else. So they say, I don't want to be using property that I know used to really somebody else's. Then you should give it back. The point is, you don't owe anything to the customs official. By like, giving back to the customs official, you're not accomplishing anything if you want to get it out of your out of your hands give it back to the original uh owner and i guess you figure out whose donkey it was okay then we say the same thing with the um with the bandits that take away your clothing give you other clothing so then you're allowed to keep them um you're allowed to keep them because you assume uh that the owner was miyash. And we're only talking about where we assume that there was that there was where the bandit was a guy the bandit was a guy. Then you assume that the original owner of the, case, of the, of the clothing was Mi'ashev. Listen, Yisrael, if the bandit was a Jew, we don't assume the owner was miaish Why? So tomorrow I can take him to court. So if it's a guy, it's hard to get him to court. It's hard to get your money back. If it's a Jew, it's easier to get your money back. So therefore, if the if the bandits were Yisraelim, you have no right to assume the owner was miaish Now that it comes to you, there was no Yishe. Yes, there but you can't be cornered without Yishe. So then you would have to give it back. Let's, let's argue the other way. They impose the law with force. The way that it works with them, you know, is that the, the the judges are are super arrogant, and even if there's not sufficient evidence necessarily, if the guilt can be seen and perceived in the courtroom, then they'll they'll will they'll, they'll, they'll say that the. That the, that the person has to pay. So, therefore, the owner is not Miyaj when he gets back a stolen property. Because even if he doesn't have the most amazing testimony, he's comfortable that he'll get it back when it's a guy. You so given the Amr and in case of Jews, so all they do is talk. He, so then he actually does despair. Meaning to say, the, a Jewish court can all they do is maybe make a verdict. It's not so easy for them to impose it or get it, so on and so forth. So, therefore, the Jew, when he's dealing with another Jew, he actually, in that scenario, he does despair. Not the opposite. It's he, more, he would despair more if the bandit was a Jew than if the bandit was so the Gemara argues, Eli Itmar. If anything was said by ravashi but we're only talking about We're going on the end of the Mishnah. The end of the Mishnah said, Hamatzim when a guy someone who rescues from the troops or from bandits and he says, them If the owners have despaired, we at the end of the mission. It's mashma. Only if you know they despaired in Stama but without knowing anything, you have to assume that they weren't miyayish. There, Ravashi explained. You know why? In the end of the mission, you have to assume that they weren't unless you hear they were, because Lo Shemukhavim is where the bandit was a guy. That's right. Since the court imposed their law with force, we don't necessarily assume that the owner was miyayish when he was taken from him. listen me but if the bandit was a Jew, given And by doing this, the Gemara really has alluded to a beautiful explanation. Why, in the beginning of the mission? To assume and at the end of the mission, the mission says if you if they were mi'ash. How come we don't assume it naturally? The answer is if they're Jews, then you assume that the owner was Miyash. If they're Guyim the bandits, then you don't assume that the owner was Mi'aiish because it, again, ironically enough, Avashi's argument it's easier to recover the something stolen from you if the bandit was a guy than if it was a Jew because of the way that Guyim exercise uh, exercised the law. All right, says the Gemara Tananah, and we learned in a Mishnah. In regard to the hides of a bala bias, whatever the thoughts have, make them susceptible to tuma. So Remember, what's the halacha for susceptible to toma You have to be finished product. You cannot still be in the middle of being processed. It has to be a general finished clip. So, a householder, what does he do with the, with them? So he's going to make. He's going to make a, bay, a bed. He's going to make a tray. He's going to make a board. So. He could, or he could decide, I'm going to make shoes. So whenever he's finished processing it in his mind, mentally, I'm not doing anything more. That's when it becomes a to tuma. So he's not planning on selling it. So whatever, whenever he decides, okay, that's what it is. It's a tray. So, as soon as he says that mentally or thinks it mentally, now it's makabo tumma. Michelle Abdun, but if it's a professional tanner in Masha'Allah, thought alone doesn't make it a clea. Why? Because imagine a customer comes in and he actually wants shoes, then you're going to start processing it further for him. So, your decisions aren't binding. That's the point. So, since the decision is not binding, so it's not yet susceptible to tumma. So Ghazlan, in case of a hide of a robber in Masha'Allah, the thought of the robber doesn't make it susceptible to tumma. Why? Because the robber. We don't know that the owner here despaired, despaired, and therefore he's going to sue him to get it back. So the robber is not considered the owner of it. So his thought, even though currently he's holding the hide, isn't significant enough to give it um, to give it to him. But if it was a thief. He's the person who takes it without the knowledge, right? A goslin takes it brazenly. The ganov is the one who takes it without their knowledge. And the thought doesn't make it to him. Why? Because we assume he was Miyash, the owner, because he doesn't know who took it from him. So if it's a ganov, we assume he was Miyash. Therefore, the ganov is the total owner and his thoughts about whether what he's going to use it for are binding. The goslin, we assume the owner is not Miyash because he knows he took it from him. He hopes to get it back. Therefore, we assume that the owner was not Miyash. Just the opposite. If it's a robber, his thought is make it dumb because if it's an armed robber, you're scared of such a guy, right? Such a thing, a man. So therefore, the brazen guy. So therefore, you assume you're not going to get it back. if it was the thought is not make it We don't know that the owner uh, recovered it. So in is the opposite. Shimon holds that the the robbery victim does despair, but the, the thief, um, the robbery victim, does not despair because he hopes to discover who it is. You know, who will check the cameras and find out who robbed from him, who stole from him. Okay, so Amar Ullah, Now that okay, now that we just saw this amazing machlokas here, in Shimon and the Rabbanon. When do we assume a victim is miyash, and when do we assume not? Do I say when it's a ganav we assume he, 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 he's, he's miyash, when it's a Ghazla not, or the opposite on a gazan I assume he's miyash, and on a ganav not? So the Gemara clarifies Amar Ula is b'sdam. The whole shily is all about when you could assume there was yish. a Dua, where you know that he had despair. called yishkani. Everyone will agree that yish would be con. if We heard the owner say he is despair. Then this whole there's no relevance. Obviously, then there's yish. No, the machlokas is even where we hear about it. Even if we heard that the victim of robbery despaired, the Tanakama is still going to say it's not yish. Why? Because even if he says it, he doesn't mean it. In the back of his mind, he's still going to get it. So if you think about it, his Rav is really a really big chiddush. Even though we heard the owner service me, let's say according to Tanakama and Gzela, that is not a din of yish. Because in the back of his mind, he's for sure going to go after him. the Do not argue on what Ula was saying. The machlokas is only The Mishnah like him. Why? What did Reb Shimon say?" in the highs of the thief thought does not make it settled to Toma because the owner was not Miyaish. It sounds like time is is only because he didn't say he was Miyaiish. had we heard that he despaired or it would belong to the thief to the thief. So it sounds like if if, if if you heard explicitly, then it would be Yish. We teach it differently. We teach the Girsah because there is no despair from the owner. Meaning even if he does say I do despair, it's again in the back of his mind, not a true despair. All right, so now we challenge Rabbah. Again, what's Rabba's Yisoi that even if we hear uh, explicitly that a person is Miish and the circumstance where we think in the back of his mind he's going to go after him, it doesn't have a din of Yisro. So tonight we learned that our on the Oson Hamorah where the customs Collectors took his donkey. They gave him another one or the bandit took his garment and gave him another one, they're his, because you assume that the owner was miyayish. So, Mani, who's the Mishnah? We're assuming that in the case of the robber, the customs collector, right? We're assuming that the owner was Miaish here, and in the case of the bandit. In both of these cases, there's an assumption of yish. So, irabanan. if it would be the rabbanon, kasha gazan, it's fair from the case of the thief, because our Mishnah was assuming... That, that that you're miyayish. Why the rabbanu holds you're not miyayish? Kasha is Reb The case of the thief is In other words, the Gemara is assuming that the bandit, the, the guy, the bandit, the guy who came is a ganav and the Mohis is a gazlan. Now Rabbi Shimon and the Rabbanon hold one of the two, both of them hold only one of the two, we could assume there's Yish, one of them we assume there's not Yish. Which of the two, they have the opposite opinions, but not both. Our Mishnah held that both by the bandit and by the customs collector, we assume the owner was Miyai, so who could it be? So if you would say like Ula, Bishlam, Allah, Ula, Akani, if you would say that Ula, that if we know that the owner despaired, then everyone agrees it's Kona, Bidu, 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 Bidu. we could say our Mishnah is talking about a case where it became known that the owner despaired. Therefore, it would be consistent with Rabbanon and Rabbi Shimon according to Rabbanah, that the Machlokas is broader even if where we know they dispaired but where we think and then suspect in the back of the guy's mind is going to go after him it isn't a din of Yish so our mission is not going to be like anybody again Mishnah spoke about bandits and custom collectors both of them we're going to assume that there's Yish why are we assuming there's Yish and according to Rabbanah, better even where we hear about it that he was Miyash one of them doesn't have a din of Yish according to either Rabbanah or Rabbi Shimon like Rabbi so what's the case so Gamar explains you know what the case is when we speak about when we're talking about bandits we're not talking about bandits who are stealing until now we think that they're stealing in quiet they're kind of him. the Kamar explains no but listen we're talking about armed, armed robbers reb Shimon, therefore the whole mishnah is reb Shimon. both the the, the customs collector and the robber is an armed robber both of them are gazlanim and that's why we're assuming this, that that the owner was so it's so it's the same as a, as a robber the mishnah said robber and it also said bandit why is it saying twice we'll just say the mishnah is talking about two different types of robbers Again, we ask on Rabbah. Again, Rabba's view is that the Machlokas between um, the Machlokas between Rav and the Rabbanon is even be a Dua. Even where we hear that they despair. Tashmah. Akanavah anas. In case of a thief or robber and an anas. An anas usually is a term for uh, a robber but it must be it's a case where like a guy throws money and takes your thing. You know, like he he takes your phone and he throws you a few hundred dollars. Like that's that he's still it's still a form of gzeila. So haktish and haktish, wherever they're maktish the haktish is chal. Shemasser and shemah, if they make it, it doesn't it's, it's chal. Shemah and if they doesn't it, get maaser, it's maaser. Now, obviously, in order to make something haktish, shemah, maaser, it has to belong to you. So must be the cases where the owner was despaired, and that's where the owner despaired it was me, Aish and that's where it's saying that there is a kidney. So now, who are we going? Like Mani. Ira and kasha gaz. And the rabbans say only by, by a thief to be assumed together, not not a gazla. The bride was assuming even a robber. We assume the owner is mi'ashe. He rep Shimon Kasha, Ganav, because it said Ganav, and Reb Shimon doesn't assume that you're mi'ashe from Ganav. So, Bishlam, if you do a cunning again, Bishlam, if you say like Ula, so then if I know, then everyone agrees. you're Kona Achanam, you do it very cold. I could say the cases where you know the owner is mi'ashe, and then it's going to like, everyone. El Rabban, if you do it, I'm a It's the to Rabban. is even where we know that they, they disparred. How many? Who so, is the owner of the Mishnah? The because one of the two, either Ganav or Gazlan, Yish isn't effective. So, which one? Which town are we going like? The mission was saying both Kavan and Gazan. Here we assume they're Riash. says the When it says that it was a thief, we mean an armed thief. So actually, we're only speaking about brazen robbers, and we're going like Reb Shimon that we assume that there's a Yish from a brazen robber. know Gazan. So it's repetitive. So the and It's just two different types of robber. If by say, or if you prefer, Hamas needs a Rebbe. You could be going like Rebbe. Really, the thief is an actual thief who steals silently. But the men with the problem return is with Rebbe Don or Reb Shimon. We're answering that there's a third ton of Rebbe. Tanya says in price of Rebbe Yomer Ganab a thief is like a robber. Gamar will explain this. But a thief is like a robber. So we assume that that means, what we establish what Rebbe means is Kagazlan like Rebbe Shimon. A thief is like the robber, according to Rebbe Shimon. And meaning to say that what? That, that, that in that case, we assume just as there's a Yish by a gazlan, there's a Yish from a, a Ganab as well, according to Rebbe. According to Rebbe. So it's three opinions. You get. Uh, both Reb Shim and the only hold your, your only my, my eyes from one of the two. The question is which one the two, Ghanav or Ghazlan? But the third opinion, Reb Shim, Reb, 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 holds that we assume there's Yish from both, and then we could just explain it in that way. So now the Gamar's just going to get into that. How do we know this opinion of Rebby means? Ghanav Ghazlan means that we assume Yish on both ways. Gufa, what do we just say? Rebby Omar, Omar, I say Ghanav Ghazlan. The thief is like a robber. Ibalu, we inquire. Ghazlan, Drabbanah, Kamar, Maybe you mean Ghanav is like a Ghazlan, like the Drabbanah's Gazan. Just as a Ghazlan doesn't acquire the hides, so to. A ganav does not. You don't assume yish from either. Maybe what Rebbe was saying is it's ganav is like Reb Shimon's gazan. Just as we assume there is yish from Reb Shimon in Reb Shimon's view in a gazan, so too we assume there is yish on a ganav. Maybe that's what he means. So Tashma, we try to bring in proof of the Mishnah. No molson chamara. What was the case? The whole scenario where we assume both in the case of bandits. Um And in the case of customs collectors, they're his because we assume there's yish. So, Mani, who would the Mishnah be? Irab on and Kasha If it's the Rabban and Gazan, this whole shaykhazhar is going to sound very familiar. Irab on and Kasha If it would be the Rabban and then the case of Gazan is fair. Why are we assuming there's yish? Irab Shimon Kasha Ganav. Why are we assuming when there's a Ghana, there's yish? So we have a shalmar Rebbe Kaza and Kamar If Rebbe held a new opinion, and when he says Ganav Gazan, he means like Reb Shimon's Gazan, and we assume yish on both Ganav and Gazan. Hamani Rebbe. Then the Mishnah is Rebbe. Very good. Mishmah kani That's why we assume there there is yish on both, and it's going like Rebbe. If you meant the thief is like the robber, the rabbana is the Rabbanon's robber. But we don't assume there's Yish, and also on a thief, we don't assume there's Yish. So, Hamani, who's the town of the Mishnah? It's clearly not Rebbe. Rebbe holds you're not assuming Yish from anyone, and either Rab Shimon or the Rabbanon holds there's only Yish from one party. Lower lo lo Rab Shimon, below Rebbe Shimon, below Shimon, low Says the Gemara, no, we could go back to the proof. Really, maybe Rebbe means the opposite. We don't assume despair in either case. Who is the Mishnah? When the Mishnah said bandits, but list in we're talking about armed bandits for Rebbe Shimon. When the Mishnah was just listing two types of Armed, uh, of 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 Gazlan, I and mean, that's why we assume there's Yish. Yachmanu Gazlan is repetitive. Trey, Gazlan Gazlan. No, the mission just wanted to tell you two types of robbers. Okay, the same proof the other way. Tashva Hakadavah Gazlan This is again the same exact shocker. The reason, the reason is so familiar. Same exact shock of Tari. The Gemara was having on the Ahmed Aleph to be shock of Tari. In the Ahmed Aleph, the Gemara wanted to know between Rav Shimon and Rabbanan Maybe they agree if we heard explicitly there, there was Yish. That's why we tried bringing these proofs. Now that we heard there's an opinion of Rebbe, Ganav Ghazlan, that Ganav and Gazlan are treated in the same. Either we're trying to figure out. Does that mean we assume Yish on both? So we assume there's no yish on both. So the is bringing back all, all these prizes to try to interpret it. Maybe it'd be going like red. So Tashima, we look at the second price again. the thief, the robber, the guy who just throws down money and takes your thing. the Clearly the var is we're assuming the owner is miyayish and they're it. So mani, who are the because we don't assume there's there, there's yish by gazan according to rabbanon. If so if Rebbe meant a thief is like Reb Shimon's robbers that we assume there's Yish from both Mishamachikani, and it could be like Rebbe, and we assume that there's Yish from both. Eliam and Ganav Rebbe meant that we don't assume there's Yish from both, and Hamani who is the son of the So the Gemara says the same point again. But Blusimizun Reb Shimon the bryza when it's talking about a bandit, men an arm bandit, and we're going like that. That's a Gazan, and the bryza is going like Reb Shimon. That on Gazlan we assume there's yish. Iachanu Gazlan is repetitive. Chaygalu Gazlan is just talking about two types of robbers. Okay, so we still need to resolve our inquiry. Rabbi says a thief is like a robber. Does that mean like Rabbi Shimon's robber? And we assume there's Yish yishab both. It does it mean like the Rabbanan's robber. And we don't assume there's yishab both. So Rabbi the bring a proof. I'm Rabbi 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 Shimon Berei. Remember in our mishnah, someone stole and left it for his son. So it said, if it was something of real property, the son has to return it. So Rebbe told Reb Shimon his son, she doesn't mean actual real property, like a house or land, but rather, it means, let's say the stolen thing was a cow, and and the Yorish plows with it. <laughs> a donkey that he uses <laughs> since it's just a, a, such an obvious, distinct item, everyone knows who's, who it used to belong to, it's his donkey, it's his cow, it's just disgraceful to his father's reputation for him to keep on using it, and therefore he has to return it. <laughs> it sounds like the only reason that they have to return it is otherwise they wouldn't have to return it. Why not? Must be because they're cornered with Yish and Shinarish and Ros, right? As we spoke about a few days ago. But wait a second. Why are you Assuming there is yish, why, why, why are you assuming this yish in this scenario? um, um, We don't know what it is specifically, one way or the other. But, but our point is that we know it's a goslin because the Mishnah said a goy We know we're dealing with a robber. If we don't assume that, there's, that, there, that there is Yish by a Ghazlan, then why would Rebbe be teaching over the Mishnah in that way? Why are we assuming that there is Yish? I mean, not Rebbe could Ghazlan Reb Shimon No, it makes sense. Now we see that Rebbe's statement, a thief is like a robber, means that in both we assume there is Yish. Because if it would mean that it's like a robber and in both we assume there's no Yish, then why in the Mishnah is Rebbe teaching at Reb Shimon his son that, we ass- that, 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 that the only reason they return is not to keep it out of the aim, but a regular item they wouldn't return? No. A regular item they wouldn't return? No, even a regular item they should return. Because why are you assuming there's Yish? So we're coming out of Mascano. Very clear. There are three opinions. Um, Ravon holds you're you're, you're you're not miyash from Gazan you are miyash from Ganav. Rav Shimon holds you you are not you're not from a Ganav, you are miyash from Gazan. and Rabbi holds we assume you are miyash from both. Alright, then the Mishnah had a The same thing if you find a swarm of bees. If you know the owner with despair, you can keep them. Ma'avachin, what are you adding with this? What's this extra cheddish? We already spoke about someone who's rescuing from a river, the troops are bandits. So, so, so you know it's there. So the swarm of bees, why would I think different? Even a swarm of bees, the acquisition to begin with is only a kin and Why? You know what's interesting about owning bees? You can't really own them. Right? it's very hard because you can't really be in control of them right they go they go they, they go to fly away so even if they nest in a person's property they're legally still owners the rabbanan gave you ownership it's all the rabbanan that bees can be privately owned so i would say since the whole ownership of bees to begin with the rabbanan, since it's only the rabbanan, that the person who lost this swarm of bees is considered that it was ever his even if we don't know that he was mi'aj, you should always assume he was Miyash. In other words, since it was only his miderabba, and maybe you could be lenient in allowing the rescuer to keep it, even without knowing that there is yish. Kamashmal on the Mishnah tells us, no. If you know he despaired, then yes, you could acquire the milo lo. He said the minor or the woman is believed to say that the swarm of bees belongs to this person. So know how this said our minor or a woman eligible to be aid for the court. I'm going to ask you in here with what are we dealing? don't you buy the morats the owner was chasing the bees. The owner and the minor were just speaking casually. And they said, the swarm emerged from here. So we're saying a big yesoid here. There's something called if I come in to say formal a testimony, you don't believe me. You're a puzzle. But instead, Instead of hearing you as an aide, I hear it over your casual conversation, when you have no formality. So you would say almost the opposite, that's weaker, but no, it's ironic, but it, it makes sense. When you're speaking over in casual conversation, no reason to lie, no reason to come to the court, no reason for anything, and you're overheard by the court, just in conversation, stating facts, so then we actually have reason to take on what, and believe what you're saying is true. So even though in our apostle in court, as the story is unfolding, they're just I'm casually stating their knowledge, then we take on what they're saying. However, the Gemara says, Again, this is not so simple that we apply. Generally, we don't we don't we don't consider it credible. You know, we consider it okay to allow a woman to remarry. That's always a special iguna issue when a woman doesn't know what happened to her husband. And Rabbanon lowered the bar of credibility. How much is necessary? For example, they believed a single witness. So there, they were able to believe even a woman If they heard, you know, children saying, "Oh, we're going out to the husband of so and so," they can assume that that so and so is dead, and the his wife can remarry. What do you mean? We only believe them for Edith Isha. We just said for Shadavarim we believe them. So what do you mean only for Edus Isha? For believing also here in monetary in, for monetary cases. The the No, here it's only because it's the Kinnin Remember, you only own the bees on a Drabonah level to begin with. Therefore, someone else is allowed to. Therefore, the Rabbanan said, like you know, "Hey Amru, Amru," that we rely on casual talk. But when Ravashi was saying, we only, we, we generally don't rely on casual talk. He was talking about. That are darais says the mar darais the law is this true that for darais the law we don't rely on casual talk from Rav view of Shmuel Maizel the Nachol the there was a story the person was speaking casually and he said I remember he's like telling over a story at his dinner table because I need tonic when I was a kid I was growing Omar Kavani i they would that I would be riding on my father's shoulders so it's, it's say they took me out of school if you they took off my shirt but you the and they put me in the mikvah so that I would be able to eat trima that night so basically we're trying to figure out is the person a Cohen or not. So he's casually recounting this, this story. finished, he reported that he said, My friends would keep away from me. They would keep me a chala eater. In other words, they would keep away because they, they wanted to make sure that they're not contaminating his drama. So he's giving all this anecdotal um, anecdotal evidence of sorts. That, that 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 proved that he was a coin. And what happened? Rebbe made him a coin based upon his word. He allowed him to eat truma. So what do we see what do we see? Even for matters that are Dharaizo, we accept words that are mistakitumo. It says truma, Rabbi was the Marabu Chumma was only dealing with Dirabanan Dika Meaning to say there's a different types of Diraban truma. either maybe in the second place i making there's also all Dirabanan or and, and therefore we were more lenient on that, but not in Dharizal laws. Achati deraisa, Lo says the Gemara. Is it still? Is it true that in a deraisa, which we don't rely on, casual talk? He also Rav Dimi and Rav Dimi came from Eretz Yisrael. Amar he said over. Mishlai, and other people say Rav Acha. of Kartiga. They say my story came, say, came in front of Rebbe. Other people <speaking> say his story came in front <Hebrew> of Someone was speaking casually and he said, Ani "My mother and I were taken captive by the guy when I would go out to draw the water, Dati alimi. My mind was always on my mother. Look at Eitzim. If I go get wood, Dati alimi. My mind was always on the mother. Is your Rabbi a people Rabbi allowed her to marry coin. Now, normally, what's the halacha? If a guy rapes a woman, then she can't marry a kohen. So normally we say that anytime a woman was taken recaptured by a guyim, there's a presumption they violate her. But here in this case, because of the son's casual remarks, that he was always you know, thinking about his mother and thinking here means more than thinking, always ensuring that his mother was, was safe and not going to be violated by the guyim, Rebbe allowed the girl to marry a kohen. So we see that even though it's an issue, we're dealing with the daraissos. The one says, no, but Kilo captured women, they were more lenient. Why? Because on a Daraisal level that We don't have to assume that she was violated. She's becheskes kashrus. It's all dind rabbanon bishvuya to be machmor that maybe she was violated. So here's v'vayder meseil chovitumos Demons, bekutzer. What does it come out? Meseil chovitumah anadara isaw only helps for one thing in the world. Edus isha m'shimigunah the rabbanon able to waive the regular rules, but everything else meseil chovitumah can help only in the And In our case, of Nikhil shal dvarmos in the rabbanon. Of, of one more little sh'tik gmar. because yikas z'sochah. Even when you're saving your bees, the mishnah said the Tanakamals, you can go into your field to get it. But you can't cut down the branch to save it. But then the Mishnah brought a dispute where held that you could. So Tanya says in the It was a special stipulation of the court. Because really, how am I allowed to take my friend's branch? It was a special stipulation. A person could go into the field of his friend and even cut off the branch to save his swarm of bees. And then the owner of the branch takes payment from the branch from the swarm of his friend. Meaning he's entitled for reimbursement. And he's entitled to it, even from the value of the bees itself. But tonight, based in another stipulation in the court, that a person should spill his wine out from his barrel and save the honey of his friend. Meaning, what's the case? Let's say you're walking on the road and you see that your friends, uh, you have a, a wine barrel and your friend's honey, honey jar broke. Honey is worth a lot more than wine. So you're, you you should spill out your wine and, and use your barrel to save his honey. And then he could take payment for his wine from the value of the honey of his friends. So that's a Tanai Basin. You wouldn't be allowed to take the value of your wine. tonight Basin. Another Tanai Basin. A person should unload the wood from his donkey and take the flax of his friend and load up the flax on his donkey. And take the payment for the wood for the flax. And so that is the same thing. A person needs, really desperately needs your donkey for the flax and you add it with wood. So you take off the wood, and then you get reimbursed for your wood later, and instead you put the flax on the donkey. Where does all this come from? Make such takanos. These are one of the takanos that Yeshua made. It's right, given over on condition that we practice these halachos that are better for our culture. That's the idea. So even though it's not meek, I think I should be allowed to cut down the swarm or, 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 or take reimbursement from the uh, uh, for, for for my wine and for this case here with the wood but of the water Masaka and that that is in fact the right thing to do from Yehoshua.